And welcome to the socialworldpodcast.com. Your host is Dave Niven. Today's show is sponsored by David Niven Associates. Well, welcome to the Social World Podcast. I'm Dave Niven. And uh, you can catch this on socialworldpodcast.com or iTunes, Podfeed, Stitcher, wherever. Uh, you're very welcome. I've had so many nice bits of feedback in the last week, so thank you all. Um, I am uh, going to put a normal uh, podcast, as it were, out today um, in between the specials that I've been doing to do with the Joint Social Work Education Conference. Um, There'll be another one of them in a couple of days or so, but uh, I just thought I'd address a couple of issues that have been kind of burning the airwaves at the moment and let you hear a couple of interviews that um, I did with the BBC. The first one is on a subject that uh, unfortunately is all too frequent at the moment. It was a case of uh, neglect that prompted a serious case review. And there was a lot of criticism of all the child protection agencies, social services, police, health, education. And um, it just brought home the whole issue of uh, how you assess neglect, how you train frontline professionals to assess neglect, and also to judge what's called, if you like, disguised compliance, um, where you get families, parents often, who are very manipulative and are clever and can, uh, as it were, pull the wool over the visiting professional's eyes, so skew the assessment process. So this particular case, uh, the serious case review, found that a lot of people had uh, missed opportunities. It also found that um, the parents were criminally responsible, which I found very uh, interesting because it's not often the case. It's usually these things are settled more in the civil courts. But the, in this case, the parents were put into prison for periods of time. So, in fact, and, and the children were removed. It was a long-term, insidious kind of drip-drip case um, where there were so many children and they were neglected very badly and it was just some small affair that triggered the whole thing and eventually made people realise just how uh, how they had missed things over the years and it brought home to all of us the, the crucial importance of actually keeping on top of training and keeping alert. So that's the first interview I'll let you hear. And the second one kind of feeds into the, not conspiracy ideas of the moment, but the, the worries at the moment about all this paedophile activity that we've been kind of uncovering in the UK over the last couple of years. Um, and in this case, high level or prominent celebrity or people of influence. Um, and there was a bloke called Peter Wrighton, who was a, a senior social services person and in this case the the new twist on this while waiting for the uh, major inquiry to come to look into the entirety of uh, child sexual abuse in this country um, 
the BBC uncovered a piece of information to do with his influence over the Home Office back in the 1970s and 1980s, in which it's alleged that he actually even designed um, some of the systems within the residential care system for young people in this country, and in doing so went round many of the residential units, and uh, the allegation is, of course, that that prompted him to network, prompted him to groom, prompted him to talk to people of like mind. He was also a member of the uh, what was called the Paedophile Information Exchange. That was found out later. And so the whole business of that and vetting and how we, who, who we actually can trust and what people actually knew at the time. So that's the second interview. So I commend them both to you. It's, they, they are sort of fairly kind of entrenched subjects, deep subjects, and things that we've been wrestling with for a long time. So let's just have them. And I also commend to you, coming soon, the next in the special series to do with the Social Work Education Conference and some more fascinating interviews coming from that. So thank you very much indeed for listening. And uh, here we go. David Niven is the former chair of the British Association of Social Workers, who now also runs a company that trains agencies in child protection. Good morning, David. Morning, Elliot. Hi. Um, you were listening to that w- with with the rest of us. W- what's your reaction to what you've just heard? Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, we've known about writing for a long time, and it's kind of hugely kind of saddening what he was allowed to get up to. But my most the, the most kind of driving thing at the moment is let's get on with these inquiries. Let's really dig deep into looking at things like the police who apparently seized evidence of kind of a widespread kind of a network of people um, that Wrighton was apparently involved with. I mean, I think we've got to really get on with this inquiry. We've been waiting for it for years now, if it's going to be the substantial inquiry that we all hope for. I mean, do you think Wrighton really did influence changes to, to children's homes? Well, to be honest with you, my own personal kind of feeling is that he probably used his position of influence to, you know, to further his abusive behaviour as opposed to specifically kind of restructuring things, helping to restructure things so it would be easier for abusers. I I think mainly um, going around the country, as Tom Bateman's report there suggested, kind of um, networking with various people probably possibly networking with other abusers and building up a whole thing like Bryn Eston, that, that, that the, the Wrexham home was notoriously kind of um, uh, a hotbed of paedophile activity and it sounds like Wrighton was heavily into that place as well. Um, what, what's changed then? What, what changes have been made to social work now, in modern social work, so that people in these kind of positions, the positions that, that Wrighton was in, are, are properly vetted? So hopefully nothing like this can happen again. Well, I mean, vetting has considerably improved since, the, say, for example, let's start back in the 60s when you said that Wrighton was kind of um, forced to leave a school because of uh, abuse allegations. These allegations would now lie on file and be part of anybody's um, um, record, criminal record checks because they look for soft intelligence now as well as hard convictions. And so that would have been actually brought to the fore in terms of him applying for any work with children. But at the same time, the atmosphere around in terms of actually whistleblowing or in terms of actually reporting things and being taken seriously now really knows no boundaries. And I'm so it's so much more improved than it used to be in terms of people getting into positions of trust. However, there always will be people who want to abuse children 
who will gravitate towards where children are. I mean, that's the nature of their condition. And, and effectively, we've got to still be increasingly and improvingly vigilant all the time. I mean, yes, okay, it's unlikely that somebody like Wrighton would have, with his history, would have actually ever got to a position of trust now, but it doesn't mean to say that those who wish to hurt children still aren't out there. And I'd very much like to see this investigation go really, really deep into other people that might well have been involved at the time, because just because they're older now doesn't mean they're not abusing children. Uh, David, good to speak to you. Just before we let you go, you, uh, you, you have a podcast, don't you, which has got a lot more about, uh, about oh. um, social work. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, called the Social World Podcast, and that's the website, socialworldpodcast.com, and I, I kind of do a weekly podcast with all people in social work, social care, nothing to do with that, and uh, it's a free service. Get it on you know, iTunes, the website, wherever. And, um, yes, I very much want to actually keep drilling down into these kind of pieces of behaviour, these kind of news stories, and um, just do as much as I can to protect children as well. Yeah, uh, good work. Thank you very much. David Niven there, former chair of the British Association of Social Workers. And, uh, yeah, he's also got a company that trains agencies in child protection and does the uh, the podcast. If you want to find out more, uh, it's Social World Podcast, or one word, socialworldpodcast.com. Right, well, that was the uh, case in Hereford and Worcester concerning Peter Wrighton and now we've got this case coming up that was in Gloucestershire concerning the neglect and the children that were removed, the parents that were jailed and the whole issue of professionals and how they assess this particularly difficult subject. David Niven is a former chair of the British Association of Social Workers, presents a weekly podcast about social work and joins me this morning. David, hello. Hello, good morning. Uh, I mean, this is a horrendous case. Uh, uh, and, you know, th- th- this point made by um, one of my callers this morning, James, saying that, you know, we, we, we keep hearing people say after the event, we'll learn from this. But it, is it the case that people never do? And can we learn from this? Well, of course we can learn from this. I hope, sincerely hope we do, because it does sound that mistakes were made here, and the, the, the actual serious case review pointed that out. I don't think there's any question of that, and that's got to be stated right from the beginning, whether it's medics, whether it's teachers, whether it's social workers, whether it's police, whoever, all, all had some responsibility in this case. What I would say, though, is that people always forget and just only hear ever of these bad stories, because every single day... In England, um, there are 30,000 children who are considered to be at risk and who are subject of child protection plans. That's every day, 30,000 children. And the vast, vast majority of them are being protected, interrupted, worked with and helped. And all all I really can say, it's a bit like saying to the police, well, why did you allow another murder to take place? Mm. Why did you allow another crime to take place? I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to learn there were mistakes here, no question. But please, please don't generalise to the good work that's been done in the vast majority of cases up and down the country. But it sounds like there were so many opportunities to, to intervene here to a greater extent. And, and oh, absolutely. I mean, in this case, I, I quite agree with you. The, the, you know, it sounds like there were, what, five specific events I think, yes. highlighted, weren't there, where people five missed opportunities. Yeah. I tell you, the, the thing about it is there's so many different things were highlighted here from when I remember my days when I was managing um, child protection situations. 
There's two kinds of neglect in my mind. One is the outright cruel neglect that somebody who knows exactly what they're doing, you know, whether it's the Cinderella syndrome, whether it's the, the kind of the, the whole issue of actually just treating children badly. The other one is neglect by omission. In other words, sometimes called where love is not enough, mm-hmm. where the parent really has no idea how to be a parent. They deeply love their children, but there, there's absolutely no real parenting going on. For example, you know, the kind of um, summer clothes in the middle of winter, turning up at school without any breakfast, never did any appointments, immunizations, hearing tests, eye tests, you name it, never going to them, but just because they don't know what to do. These are the parents who you try so hard to put in everything you can to sat, put your arm around them and teach them how to be a parent. So do we need to redefine neglect then? Because th- that appears to be one of the issues here, lack of understanding of what neglect is. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I think I picked that up from this, that there, there did seem to be a major training issue here highlighted, that um, people who, you know, assessing risk is so important, assessing risk in families. And social workers, teachers, GPs, medics, others are all now put in the front line to have to know, to have to be know what to look for, the signs and symptoms of neglect, and to have to raise it. And if, like the person, David McCallum there from the um, Safeguarding Board said, if there were issues that could be highlighted and people didn't agree with some other agency, there are escalation mm-hmm. procedures. You can not blow the whistle, but you can get it taken further and looked at again, and people should be encouraged to do this. Because for most of us looking from the outside on this one, and I think the thing we feel most disgusted about is that people did complain and say, look, I've got serious concerns about Mm. these children, and yet it still didn't, it still didn't get, we saw this with the baby Peter case as well, didn't we? People did say they thought there were problems, and it didn't get followed up. Yeah, in this particular case, I've got no idea, obviously, why or who or what, and I hope that internally, you know, a bit like your callers have been saying, that people will be challenged on that as mm. to why they didn't t- t- allow it to be taken further because I think it was, um, was it Cathy O'Malley, the director of safeguarding there, was saying, you know, there's a clear procedure that if, if somebody, even if it's like a very, very junior assistant nursery nurse or somebody, you know, who notices something and a doctor says, no, 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 that's not possible, there should be a process for them to continue and say, look, I'm not really happy. Mm. I, I know that person's a, a, a professional and so on and so on, but I'm still not happy, so please could you look at it again? Mm. One final point I want to raise with you, and, and this seems to be an issue in this case, well, it definitely was an issue in this case, particularly with one of the parents, that they were they were spotted as being or pointed out as being manipulative so they were they're able to pull the wool over the eyes of those who were supposed to be spotting things now how difficult is it for a, a social worker to spot that kind of manipulative behavior same as many other people i mean some people are more clever than others like i said it's a bit like the police you know some criminals are more clever than others you know and in this case of what you would call this is kind of disguised compliance sometimes as well pretending to go along with things but not doing anything about mm. it and my company does a lot of training on disguised compliance for social workers and multi-agency groups and and it is a continuing important problem yeah, and, and one that um, definitely wasn't uh, wasn't picked up on this case, um, which is very sad, isn't it? Thank you for joining us this morning. David Niffen, uh, former chair of the British Association of Social Workers. Uh... Well, that's that. Thank you for listening. I hope that was of interest to you. I'd love your feedback. Remember Speakpipe 
or leave uh, feedback on iTunes or any of the ways. You know, you can actually tweet at Dave Niven. Just keep it coming. Keep me posted. Tell me what you think. Give me some ideas if you want to listen. And remember, in a few days, there'll be another one out, a special. Uh, Our thanks, as always, to Alba Digital Media, who, without whose help, we couldn't have put this podcast together. So, keep listening. Thank you. Keep in touch. See you soon.